that's the tallest building in town. The library, because it has the most stores. We didn't own a car, so we would go to the library with a shopping cart and fill um, the shopping cart with our books. I was probably about six or seven, and my mom took me to our local library for a story time. I went with my dad every Saturday morning. I remember coming here like since we moved here when I was five, and every summer we'd do the summer reading program. As the years have gone by, you begin to realize how much you know, interesting stuff the library has to offer besides books. When I was growing up, my aunt would always take me to the library. I was in third grade, and then I loved the library, the Carnegie Library. I went to the story times that were at the library. The librarian was my dad. Welcome back to the tallest building in town. Hey. Hey, Steve. Hey, Shauna. How's it going? <laughs> Great. I'm so excited hey. to talk about drag. What happened is I learned that Beloit Public Library was going to host their first drag queen story time. And that was a big deal because not only because it was a historical event and not happened before, but there was community pushback and it almost didn't happen at various points because of all, not all of the community was on board. Yeah. And so what happened is I was following the story um, as it progressed and I also ended up attending their drag queen story time. It was wonderful and super, it was so much fun. And I felt like I was definitely a part of something so big and important. If you're not familiar with Drag Queen Story Hour, it was started in 2015 in San Francisco. The organization that started it is called Radar Productions. They basically wanted to give kids and families a chance to, like when you go to their website, it says it captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity in childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models. And the interview that you do with the organization from Beloit, Yellow Brick Road, they stress that again and again, how positive experiences are what brings communities together. Um, so that's kind of at the heart of what this is. So it started in San Francisco, not at a public library, but at a, at a community center. Uh, and then from there, the idea sort of spread. New York did one. It was at the New York Public Library, but it wasn't it wasn't started by the librarians there. It was an outside group that had come. Drag Queen Story Hour is actually um, their own group with, with chapters in lots of different cities in the country. Um, so their mission is to talk to libraries and community spaces about having drag queens in to present programs. And so a lot of times they work with libraries because obviously we're a great partner for that because we do story hours all the time. So there's been drag queen story hours in, like I said, New York, Chicago, Anchorage, Alaska has done it. It's like such a new thing. Yeah, it's new. I mean, 2015 is is the first one. And here we are three years later and it's sort of got made its way to, to us, to Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Harmonica is a drag queen, a man dressed as a woman reading to children as part of the Drag Queen Story Hour program at the library. Love yourself, love the world. Love yourself, love the world. Gillette Black is part of Joshua Martin's story. I get to become a different person. That he's now sharing with kids at the Virginia Beach Public Library. I feel great about bringing it here. Libraries from our very beginning was to make sure people had access to information and knowledge and resources to better their lives and this just fits right in with what libraries do as a whole. It's to educate people, to make them understand that we are just regular people like everyone else. 
you know, we had a lot of questions and a lot of misconceptions about what they were thinking about doing. And Teresa Elberson, the library director, says the goal of the event is to talk to young children about family issues, accepting people's differences, and preventing bullying because of those differences. Parents like Amanda say this is a good chance to let her daughters learn. We try to teach acceptance and um, leave them open to make their own decisions as far as what kind of people they want to be and you know how they want to express themselves. But not everyone sees it the same way. In a Facebook message, a Beloit mother who frequents the public library says she's very accepting of other people and respects their beliefs, but does not think a drag queen should be introduced to children, especially those six and under. Library director Nick DeMassett. Uh, we really want to get the message out there that what this program is about, and if you wish to come, great. If you don't, that just, that's just fine too. There's only been three in Wisconsin. So there was one in Milwaukee. Actually, it was earlier this summer. Um, and I talked to the librarian there and she said that uh, it was out again, this is an outside group that wanted to bring this into the library and called contacted the library about it. And um, the li you know, library was like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's do it. It was a real positive experience for them and for their community, but they only did it the one time. Uh, Madison was actually the first library to do it, which was last summer in, in 2017. And and, and then Beloit did one like this June? summer. Yeah, yeah summer and, of 2018. Right. And so we were fortunate that it was happening now and, and it was on our list of, of topics to, to cover for the show. Mm -hmm. So Shauna had, you know, she's like, yeah, grab my camera or whatever. <laughs> Not your camera, your recorder recorder that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I felt like I was putting my journalism hat on that I don't actually own for the first time. Trying to get everybody's perspective. Yeah. So you went to Beloit. I did. What was that? What's that like? It was interesting. I felt like I was going to a smaller town in Wisconsin. I didn't spend enough time there, you know, to get a feel for the space. I do know that the population of Beloit is about 37,000 people. It's in Rock County. It's in Southern Wisconsin. It's right on the border. If you refer to the U.S. Census Bureau, they have an estimate. It goes up to 2017. 78% of people identify as white there. About 19% identify as Hispanic or Latino. 11% identify as African-American or black. Census information is census information. Yeah. You know, it's it doesn't reach everybody. But that's just sort of the a picture of maybe who is in Beloit, perhaps. Yeah. So well, it's, a little I mean, bit. It's, it's, I guess it's somewhat similar to to here i mean as far as population size at least mm, yes sun prairie so that's yeah so that's interesting yeah however i feel like our community talks a bit more about queer culture it seems hmm. um i feel like you know if we were to do one here i would guess that it wouldn't be as big of a deal as it was there drag is a way to express yourself and it's different and unique from any other mode of expression. It, and it offers a sense of community. So why wouldn't libraries want to support that and celebrate that? But then a lot of people have misconceptions and who knows what <laughs> feelings um, about, especially like having kids, you know, quote unquote, exposed to something right. different. Right. And it becomes very political very quickly, unfortunately. Yeah. My name is Cass Marie, and I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm from the LGBTQ plus community. I'm a trans woman. 
I'm an advocate for people living life on many different levels. How were you introduced to drag queen story times in general? Was it before Beloit or at what point were you introduced to the idea? It was before Beloit because I was able to do it in Milwaukee one time and I dressed like a snow queen and I got to read the book and there was all these families that came and children of all ages and it was a great thing and I had so much fun and I was really hoping to be able to do it again and I was able to do that in Beloit. How did they explain it to you? I think the first time I seen anything about it of course was on social media on Facebook. There's a queen in New York City who did it and then it became pretty big. I thought, you know, seeing that it involves youth and younger children and just, you know, that kind of age range, that really stuck with my heart because I remember being that age and going through what I was going through in my life as finding as far as like, who am I as a person? What gender am I? And how do I deal with this? And so I think that Drag Queen Storytime is a really amazing thing. And I just knew that I wanted to be a part of it if it can help somebody, a child, know that they're okay being who they are. How was it like working with library staff for the program? They were very, I felt they were very supportive. You know, they were like, here, we got a room set up for you and anything you need, let us know. Like I had them running around looking for duct tape and super glue for my earrings. <laughs> They seemed very kind, and they all said how excited they were to have us there and have me there doing this. Yeah, because I was wondering if you could walk us through the process of prepping for it, Mm. the specific story time. Parts of it I was involved in, and some I wasn't. That was the hype of it all from the community and the backlash that they received for having such an innocent thing. Children have imaginations that's a wonderful thing and even as an adult like I still have a huge imagination you know and I think that drag queen story time really plays into that you know I received some emails and some phone calls and saying you know there's backlash with getting this started in the Beloit area if a place is doing something that's not going to hurt anybody why even have to go there because of you know the people who are gonna be positive about the situation who are gonna want to be a part of it should be the ones to come forward and say yay this is great we want to be a part of it that was part of the process and the prepping and the planning of it, having to go through that. You're like doing it. you're doing radio and everything, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I had some newscasters get a hold of me on Facebook, and I had no idea what was going on. I was like, "What is this about?" You know, and I didn't realize that it was such a big deal. How did you feel that day, like walking in there? I was nervous. Actually, I was really, I was really nervous. You know, I walked in in my self-esteem and my self-worth, and I own who I am as a trans woman, and I'm pretty transparent when it comes to sharing my story, because that's what people need to hear, is that they're not alone, you know? Yeah. So... And I got there, and everybody was like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. And it was so much love and welcoming energy and gratitude and thanking me. And I was like, geez, thank you. (laughs) You know, like, I'm the honored one to be here doing this. It's kind of a history in the making, right? It was their first time ever doing something like that in the Rock County area. You know, they had to bring the townspeople together or whatever they did. They had to have this meeting and invited people to 
share their input about why they thought this would be good or why they thought it wouldn't be good and, you know, have that community conversation, which I guess was good. You know, love trumps hate, right? And it happened in that situation because the library decided to go through with it. And they said, sorry, you're not feeling about this, but we are and we're going to support this community and we're going to let this happen and... Here, let's do it. I was so proud of them. Yeah, me too. What was it like interacting with the community that day? Oh, it was so good. Yeah. I have heard a lot of positive things, so I just wanted to ask. You know, I know how at that age, I remember my thoughts and my feelings about who I was and like what I want. I wanted to be a princess, and I knew that I was a boy at that point in time. And I was like, I want to be a girl. I want to be a princess, you know, and... It was really, like, all the little girls were like, oh, you know, and I let a little girl try my crown on, and, you know, families, moms and dads were like, can we take a picture with you, and, or my son and daughter want to take a picture of you, and, like, it was so positive, and it was such a wonderful experience. I love a family-friendly event. I hope they do it again, and I personally felt very honored to be able to do that groundbreaking drag queen story time in a community that was very much needed in. Public Library. I'm very curious about how this part 
to be honest, this partnership is going because I understand that some libraries like to stay, they like to claim that they're neutral spaces, right? Then when you're working with a organization like the Yellow Brick Road, you are definitely, especially because, I mean, I wonder if they're, if your programming, for example, that you're doing is on their website, you know, how that partnership is exactly working, if they're trying to remain more neutral, you know, or like if they're bringing up ideas or is it kind of just you bringing stuff to the table? Do you know what I mean? I would say it's collaborative. I would say at first it was more me bringing ideas to the table, but then when I suggested doing a drag queen story time, it that was definitely collaborative. Like, what books are we going to be reading? What drag queen are we bringing in? Uh, using Yellow Brick Road's connections to make it happen. And Cass Murray is just amazing. She's helped us a lot. I was so <laughs> glad I, I was so glad to interview her this weekend actually. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, yes, it was wonderful. Fantastic. Can we break it down a little bit? What drove you to propose a drag queen story time at the library? We generally don't focus on children's programming. But I do believe it's important that we that we talk about discrimination, you know, that it's okay that people are different and that needs to start at an early age. I actually have clients that I see that are transgender who are younger. And one thing we do in the community outside of the library is a lot of educational pieces for the community, like we work with Community Action and other agencies. There's a tremendous amount of misunderstanding about many people don't even know there's research around being transgender and and that there's a physiological basis for it. So this is part of the education piece, and this is part of a lot of the people I've worked with of any age who are transgender that face tremendous discrimination that comes from ignorance. Our overarching goal has always been to build, build understanding through shared positive experiences. So that's the driving force behind a lot of what we do. That's great. I, yeah, because I wondered what were your goals or aspirations for doing this thing that really did, it was groundbreaking. So you mentioned, you know, how how the library is, you know, their PR piece as far as this goes. And they, they do the same publications for our group as any other public, uh, any of their other programs at the library. With Drag Queen Storytime, how how this all pretty much erupted in the community as far as people calling the library saying that they didn't want a drag queen story time or calling the library in support of it uh, was because a publication goes out to all children that the Belait Public Library serves to the schools. In this piece, it has all of the summer programming. There was just a little snippet in there about drag queen story time. It basically just exploded because it went out to the kids. There was some parents that were angry that this was in the same programming announcement as all the other programming. This is geared towards children that wouldn't even know what's going on in the pro, you know, you know what I mean? So it's really the parents that were getting very upset or calling and saying that they were pleased and very happy that that we were all doing this. We actually had more positive support than negative detractors. The library had a, a public meeting around this. It was with some of their other agenda stuff. So I spoke, a couple other people from our board spoke. The the most powerful thing that happened is a drag queen actually showed up. Somebody we didn't know. I watched Uh, that actually. You can, you you, you should talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know she was going to do this though. Uh, So (laughs) Lola showed up. 
looking, I mean, she looked, when she's dressed, she looks biologically female and started taking off makeup and started taking off. I mean, she was wearing stuff underneath it, of course, but just her drag outfit. And she spoke about being a human and the human experience. And in the end, the, the library board voted unanimously to support it. We got a little bit of notice before the meeting happened that they were going to be voting about whether whether or not to have the E Pluribus Unum series, which is um, they have other programming, not just Drag Queen Storytime, but other programming that would be involved in this too. They weren't necessarily voting whether or not to have Drag Queen Storytime, but to have this series. And so, so we put it out on Facebook that they were going to be voting about this. And uh, we had Lola Rome and a couple other community members show up. And we had one one person who was a retired teacher uh, who showed up in protest. Mm. But come the day of, for Drag Queen Storytime, the librarians were actually like gearing up for, you know, like protesters outside the door. And they said that was very anticlimactic because nothing, <laughs> like everything was perfect. <laughs> no, no protesters. And it was overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. We had over I believe it was over 175 attendees. So do you feel like your goals, aspirations for Drag Queen Storytime were accomplished or, or met after the program? I think we need to give that, that question some context. Yeah. This is going to be like starting a fire with the old um, the old Boy Scout method, if you've ever seen it on TV or commercial, where you have the twig and like a string. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what we're really trying to do is affect some base level community views and start the change process there. Many people generally come around and when they do, people have to have time to process things. There's one stance in the LGBT community sometimes, which is really getting in people's face. There's always backlash for that. It never works. It would have to be pretty extreme for that to be necessary. Unfortunately, some people in the community still carry that torch and feel like everything has to be shut down the city protest. And that, that what that does is create resentment and hatred on both sides. So with our Pride Fest, the purpose of that was to have a family-friendly event where if you want to build any relationship, it doesn't matter what it is. It's shared positive experiences. And this applies to a community event. It applies to a friendship. It applies to a partnership, a marriage, anything you want. That is a perfect gauge to see how healthy a relationship is because when the negative experiences outweigh the positive experiences long enough, that relationship will die. So we're trying to slowly nurture the community mm. little by little and so show them, hey, you know, we're here. We just want to kind of show you what we're about and we're going to make this family friendly so that you can bring your kids and not be afraid of what you're going to see. Like this is going to be a process and what we're really doing is laying the groundwork for hopefully in our lifetimes, but possibly even for the next generation to really take a hold of this. So we're digging a basement. That's a great metaphor. Yeah, and laying that foundation for years to come. When it comes to drag queen story times and libraries, the history is not old. And while looking at these different libraries who've done it, it seems as though one of the commonalities is that groups are coming into the library instead of librarians reaching out 
and figuring out, you know, how can we better support the queer community? Could it be drag queen story time? Right, right. And that was what was so interesting to me as a theme. You know, as librarians, if we if we claim we want to support a population, shouldn't we be the ones reaching out first? Right. Even though I understand that there are a lot of parts to that. Um, not having staff who are dedicated to outreach, that's a thing in libraries. And we talked about how really it could just be looked at as an institutional problem because we weren't originally set up to do these things when it comes to the idea of outreach. Yeah. And so we're, we've been shifting over time. Some libraries faster than others, um, having more resources, having more, you know, ability to train staff in various ways, um, you know, inclusion trainings and stuff like that. So there's like a staff barrier and then also budgets too. So where where can we spend our money? And if somebody is a performer, like a, a drag queen, do we want to, can we say in our budget, we're going to give money to, the, to a drag queen? Yeah. yeah. Which shouldn't be a big deal. But right. for some people, you break it down and you say that out to, into the community and they're like, what? And yeah. then it becomes a thing. Yeah. Like, So paying people for their labor, which is I think incredibly important, um, but then you have to frame it and be upfront in that way. And so, you know, but if we're going to be allies, uh, if we're going to be supporting people like queer people, whether it's queer youth or adults, I feel that we should be reaching out instead of having and having great partnerships with organizations that are upfront and, you know, we, we're celebrating and being proud and not just kind of letting an organization come in and use our space. I think that it should look more like a, like a partnership. Right. I mean, but by the same token, offering space is really important because in a lot of communities, especially rural communities, there is no other public space. Right. You know, like the library is it, you know, being here to provide that space is a really good first step. Yeah. If we're going to say that, you know, that everyone is welcome here and that we support diversity and all these words we throw around how are we actually doing that it's really nice that there are some libraries who are able to have programs that are queer focused and they're being led by somebody who identifies as queer yeah because it's just a great example of how most programs should be if you have the capacity to do so right i was so happy to speak with cass marie and marilyn and rob doing all this amazing work at Boyd public library but also at hedgeburg public library too so it, basically the rock county yeah and they're such a new organization too just getting their start last year just starting last year so it was a, an honor to talk to them <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> Thank you.